Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I am a certified G and a bona fide stunt. And you can't teach that. Go fuck yourself, you bald-headed son of a bitch. What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Dynasty War Zone. D. People's Dynasty Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Dynasty ADP and players that we think are hits and players that we do think are misses. But I'll tell you who I miss, and that's my co-host, Jerry. Jerry's out one more week on vacation, but I have a very, very special guest and friend. My guest tonight is Mr. Dallas Heider. Now, Dallas is on Twitter. He's at Salad Galore. Now, Dallas, spelled backwards, is salad with two L's. So, at Salad Galore, Dallas is the host of the Rookie Rundown. He does a rookie-based show for us over at the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel and podcast channel. He's also the owner of Dally Merch. Now, what is Dally Merch? We're going to find out in just a second. But let's talk to the man himself. Welcome back, Dallas. How you been, buddy? Yeah, it's great to be on a uh, player profiler stream here. It's, uh, you know, thick of the rookie season for everyone that's listened to this. You obviously already know that statement there, uh, but that's pretty much all I am known for and all I do year round, whether or not it is the current rookie spot. Yeah, so Dallas is a content provider for us. Again, he does YouTube and podcast for the Dynasty Warzone channel. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profiler already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well... What better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can five extra payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy. The promo code is Underworld for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. All right, big shout out to our boy, the Podfather, and our friends at Underdog. Again, promo code UNDERWORLD. Uh, I do want to remind you, again, we are a two-channel show. So if you're an audio consumer, podcast consumer, Dynasty Warzone on both 
Apple, Spotify, wherever you get that, you get Dynasty Warzone and Player Profiler. If you're a YouTube subscriber, Dynasty Warzone YouTube, Player Profiler YouTube. If you just subscribe two spots, regardless of how you consume, it really, really helps the show. Now, let's get back to Dallas. Let's get back to what's going on with Dally merch. All right, Dally, tell us a little bit about the merch. All right, let's try this again. Can you hear me clearly? Oh, dude, you sound like a million dollars now. Hey, I love it. There's something going on with my headphones right now that is not wanting to uh, help my podcast game. So those are going to stay out for the time being. And we will dive into some Dally's merch as the question has now been asked twice. Uh, all right. So for all of you out there that do side hustles, that's kind of what I jumped into this year recently. Um, noticed a hole in the market for any of you uh, anime fans out there and started trying to design some jerseys, anime merch in general for the uh the fans out there due to the fact that I could not find a blue lock jersey specifically anywhere on the internet that was not made out of rice paper. So went a different route, um, ended up making my own and it kind of blew up overnight. Didn't really expect it to happen as quickly as it did. Just thought maybe I would get uh, a little bit of uh, beer money out of it. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do a little tax write-off type of thing here pretty soon. So uh, if anyone's interested in some blue lock anime specific gear or some fantasy football gear, Memphis and I, with the Dynasty Warzone channel here on Fantasy, started putting out some other merch. Um, currently, there is still live a shirt and a hat with the Supreme-esque logo branding live on the website. Um, it's an Etsy shop. Uh, it's based out of Kansas, where I live. And if anyone's interested in either one of those two things, that would be my suggestion. Just go give it a, a gander, if you will, to see if it's up your alley or not. There you go. I'll link it in the show notes on both the YouTube and on the podcast version. Now, Dallas, let's get into it. Uh, you've done this with me before. You have done a round of good people, bad tweets. Now, uh, Dallas, we got a real special one this time, and I brought this up for you because you you like younger players. You're our rookie specialist, and here we go. This one is brought to us by faithful to the tray and it's at faithful tray and faithful says watson meaning christian is better than chase meaning jamar yeah i said it back in 2019 which is a long time ago he was getting like six targets a game between rogers not having confidence after that first drop to injuries he only played about two-thirds of the season he was wide receiver one for weeks 10 through 14 in fantasy last year by Watson. Now, I'm going to get Dallas's take on the uh, the take here from Fateful Trey, but but here, here was my take. You know how fucking stupid you have to be to even think something like that, let alone say it publicly and act like you're fucking serious. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's mine. I mean, it's okay to think these things. You know, we all have these, you know, car conversations with ourselves. at least I do a lot of the ideas that I you know come up with for the show uh, our new segment you know it'll be coming up on YouTube later called overtime I've had I've had thoughts like these but never once did I think to myself hey self I should say you know Christian Watson's better than Jamar Chase the pod father just moved Jamar Chase to his 101 in a one QB, he has Chase ahead of Justin Jefferson, much less Christian Watson. Holy cow, Dallas. When I when you hear anyone say Christian Watson is better than Jamar Chase, what are your thoughts? And then since you're our rookie guy, why don't you give us your thoughts on Christian Watson 
as it relates to like a startup and then maybe amongst the rookie class, which you're coming off doing a lot of research on? Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm back playing T-ball again because as a Bears fan, I'm about to just bash this Green Bay player <laughs> and it feels really good to do. Um, so just to get this out of the way, he is not better than Jamar Chase. Uh, anyone that's saying that just didn't watch the two play. Um, Christian Watson was always going to be a project coming in and he got paired up with a, as it was mentioned in the comments, Hall of Fame quarterback that's no longer there, who is notorious for putting you in the doghouse if you don't know what you're doing. And that's kind of what we saw for a good portion of the season last year. They were forced to turn to Christian Watson in 2022 when Romeo Dubs, who was the target leader up until that point, got injured. Christian Watson finally was getting peppered with targets during that four to eight week span that everyone likes to talk about. And you saw what potentially he could have as his ceiling. Segway into 2023, what are we dealing with right now? Not even remotely the same situation. We are seeing a guy in Jordan Love who, although some people are optimistic with based off of one game from last year, has been very tumultuous, both, both from just a play on the field standpoint and from where people have a tendency to rank him in Dynasty. So you have no longer a Hall of Fame quarterback going into 2023. You have Christian Watson, who, yes, had some flashes and was very productive for a small window, who still has not really eclipsed a season of what we saw from a guy who flamed out as quickly as he entered the scene, such as like a Kenny Galladay. Um, when you're looking at his profile, he has the tools, but he's still very raw. His quarterback is not even remotely the same level that it was last year. So there's just a lot of factors that are going against him being ranked even where he is currently in Fantasy Pro's ADP of what would that put him at wide receiver 23 overall and 51 overall ahead of guys on the level of Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, uh, Brandon Ayuk, who had a similar, if not better, season last year. Traylon Burks, the hot stuff coming in for this coming up season as the target hog in Tennessee, knock on wood, if Nuke doesn't sign. So when you're looking overall, not even an argument at all between the two of Chase and Watson, but there's already a lot of question marks with the ADP in general of Creston Watson for me, especially because there are so many you know, cliche mouths to feed in Green Bay with a lot of unknowns as to how the system is going to work without the Hall of Fame quarterback. So I'm out on him. I'm out on this take in general, and I will just bat it on back to you if you want to retort anything that I was saying there. No, I, I think you did a tremendous job. Now, I do want to follow up with one more thing before I jump back in. Christian Watson amongst his rookie class, you know, where? so, so I think the big three, I think the consensus, if we could agree right now at ADP, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver one in this class. I think in 99.9% .9 of my drafts, it's been Jordan, Jordan Addison, number two. And then you'd have, you know, Quentin Johnston, number three. I think that's been pretty chalk. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty standard with what you're dealing with. Occasionally you'll get some weird slip-ins where some people are really high on Zay Flowers, but that's about the only situation where usurps QJ as the wide receiver three. And some people are just really high, but where where would you where would you slip Watson in amongst those top three? Would he be one? Would he be ahead of Njigba? Where would he be for you as my as my go to rookie guy? Yeah. Uh, so as a prospect, this is kind of something that I do in general, just to make sure that I don't get take lock going into a season when I'm giving people information on rookies. I have a tendency to compare the last two classes with what I'm looking at right now. When you're looking specifically at him as a prospect, I would have had him at number four in this class, just behind QJ. But 
not really loving that now. If I see what I have seen on the field last year, those flashes, that's what we hope to see from a Quinton Johnston this year. So if he is currently at the dynasty ADP of wide receiver three in the class, pretty much chalk, I would be sliding in a guy like Christian Watson one spot ahead of him and have him most likely as wide receiver three in this class. Okay, fair, because Watson is going as wide receiver 18 off the board in Dynasty per player profiler's Dynasty ranks. You can get all those via the Dynasty Dominator. Pretty easy stuff, and you can go over there, check out the Dynasty Dominator. It's great. For me, even as I'm hosting the show, shout out to our new producer, Kevin, who's keeping us clean behind the scenes. But for me, it's super easy. I can just look right at it. So if you're looking for some good dynasty rankings, it's worth what you pay. We're going to talk about some bad dynasty ADP here in a bit. This is good dynasty ADP. I agree. I like Christian Watson. Um, I will say this about Green Bay. Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers. But I do like Mike LaFleur. Is it Mike? Yeah, Mike. Mike's the one in Green Bay. Matt was the one who got fired in, in New York with the Jets. So I do like the LaFleur offense. It feels like Walmart brand San Francisco. And I've seen bad quarterback play feed good wide receivers before, but I'm nervous. I'm a little bit nervous about what this offense will look like. Could it be really good? Sure. Could it be really bad? Absolutely. I think Watson's fine from a volume standpoint, but they did bring in, what, two tight ends in the third round? I mean, one in the second, one in the third. Yep. And so that so they brought in more rookies. They brought in Romeo Dubes. They brought in Jaden Reed, who we all like. So it's very convoluted and and packed there. And we're not sure who Jordan Love loves the most. So I agree. This is a horrible tweet. We know Jamar Chase is the man. We've probably spent too much time on this tweet as it is, but we'll see what everybody thinks about Jamar Chase at the 101. Let us know in the comments down below. He's the Podfather's. 101 in a one QB startup league. For me, he's number two. I'm still a Justin Jefferson guy. I still like that dome, but I get why the pod father would have him there. So we're going to jump into it, Dally. We're going to talk about ADP hits and ADP misses. Now, what do we mean? Now, there's a lot of free ADP out there and, and use it at, at your leisure. But for us, we went out there and kind of seen like, like when you search for good or bad, when you search dynasty rankings inevitably the first one that usually pops up is like a fantasy pros you know if you're going to use free rankings like if the dynasty dominator is just not in your budget right now i would highly recommend mike clay's 240 but definitely definitely consider the dynasty dominator because that's where the player profiler ranks are um, but but that becomes the consensus dallas so when i brought you on i told you a hit uh, an adp hit is someone who you would draft ahead of the quote-unquote consensus AP, ADP. And a miss would be someone that you would not consider drafting anywhere near that ADP. So Dallas, you understood the assignment, and you are the guest, so I'm going to give you the first swing at this thing. Who is a dynasty player at their current ADP that you think is a hit and you're going to have a lot of going into this dynasty season in 2023? Yeah, um, this is going to be a lot of NFC North talk, I think, for a lot of people here from me tonight. But uh, this one is kind of laughable to me, and especially with how often both because we're talking about ADP, it comes into conversation when you talk about the productive struggle. 
winning year one in a dynasty startup, that type of mindset that so many in the dynasty space walk into drafts thinking they're going to do. The fact that we are allowing Adam Thielen to go as wide receiver 64 off the board currently, according to Fantasy Pros ADP and PPR scoring, is pretty wild to me. Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense specifically due to the fact of just the single word of targets. When you're looking at Adam Thielen as a, as a wide receiver prospect, yeah, he's aging, but targets just lift all sinking boats, basically <laughs> as rising tides do. Uh, I think that's the saying, something like that. But currently Adam Thielen on the Carolina Panthers uh, moving over from Minnesota in this offseason has more career receptions and touchdowns than the next five team targets combined on the team. So there's a lot of hopium happening right now when it comes to the likes of DJ Chark breaking out like he did in the sophomore season. Um, the emergence of a guy like Terrace Marshall, who really has not shown anything up to this point other than one to two flashy catches in the NFL, as well as the second round rookie phenom that came out of absolutely nowhere, who didn't have a very good collegiate production profile in Jonathan Mingo. So the fact that you're bringing in a young quarterback with untrue or unproven weapons currently on this Carolina offense in the passing game outside of one guy who absolutely eats over the middle of the field and is the classic cliche word deceptively fast uh, just because he's a white wide receiver basically uh, he's a guy that has been a producer in the red zone underneath over the middle with a slant route specifically for a guy like Kirk Cousins so having a guy like Bryce Young in Carolina to throw him the ball it's laughable as i said that he is currently adp 64 uh overall at the wide receiver position behind a guy like michael gallup who is looking like he's going to be probably the third or fourth option on that dallas team from a passing standpoint it's it's pretty wild but that's my guy what's your take on Thielen? i, I mean i like Thielen. i would have to be in win now mode a hundred percent win now mode because um you can get him for free basically if you haven't done your rookie draft you can get him for next to nothing and Again, I, I think there's this misconception in the dynasty and, and fantasy space that you have to win pretty. It's like I play in a lot of leagues. I'm in a high stakes league where we have to start 12. We have to start two quarterbacks, two tight. Well, it's super flex, so you don't have to quote unquote start two quarterbacks, but you're going to start two quarterbacks and then two tight ends. It's tight end premium and you must start two. That leaves eight other positions, one running back, one wide receiver, and then six flexes. There's going to be weeks where on a contender, you could use Adam Thielen, and, and, and that is a big miss. So, yeah, I mean, am I rushing to go get him? No. Is he going to have value? Yes. Is it probably the last year you're ever going to use him? Yes. Is he going to be a bridge guy to like a Johnny Mingo or a Terrace Marshall? Yes. Now, I know as a Bears fan, you're probably hoping that Carolina is going to be really, really bad next year because the Bears have their first, but... Yeah, I, I could see there are leagues where you would have you would have Adam Thielen as, as a starter, but uh, and, and win now. Yeah, I mean, he's what would you give up like a fourth? You think you get him for a fourth? Yeah, easily. the The stigma of him being thirty three years old is all that you have to basically sell. Which you're not the one selling it. The guy who owns Adam Thielen already knows. Like Kevin Smick in the comments said, he's an owner. He's been trying to sell him all off season. No takers can't do it, but he's going to start games. He's going to get touchdowns for Carolina. And if they score, he's probably going to be involved in a large chunk of those scoring plays. Plus 
He is 33. Yes, I know it's a win now game, but we always have this mindset where we think dynasty is a five year game. It's honestly not. It's a two to three year window typically for anyone, as you know, even shorter a lot of times for those winning windows. So a guy that has 25 million in dead cap over the next two years, making him pretty close to uncuttable. I don't want to call anyone uncuttable at this point, but for a team that's definitely going to be able to use him, even if they draft a high end wide receiver or trade for one next offseason in Carolina. It's a guy that at wide receiver 64 is nothing but value for me. Yeah, that, that's a hit. I also have um, the FF mad scientist, Dennis. He He's in the in the chat. And he's like, he got Thielen in the 29th round out of the 30-round startup last week. And it's, again, that's a starter. This is what we're looking for. We're looking for ADP hits. Now, I went with more of the like the bigger name. And he's been, I think he he's not my flag plant guy because we're doing Dynasty Week here at player profiler we're going to be doing dynasty starting the 13th through the 19th and it's going to be all dynasty all the time we're going to do a lot of different dynasty shows we're all going to have our flag plant guy now this guy was probably pretty close but in fairness i've probably got to give theo or the pod father himself the right to go get rashad white because he is one of my guys i think he's a stone cold hit at his quote-unquote free public adp now, Fantasy Pros has him as their 60th player overall, their RB19 off the board in a 1QB league. Now, Player Profiler has him a much more realistic 34th overall and their RB13. For me personally, he's in that RB13 to 15 range, and, and, and here's why. Uh, last year, we had uh, our boy Fat Lenny. Fat Lenny was there. He was the RB12 on the season, and then you have our man, Rashad White, he was the RB36 last year on the season. And Fat Lenny, he's no longer in town. And these two combined scored 365 PPR points. Now, I'm I'm not new here, guys. I know that Fat Lenny is, is gone, and I know that Rashad White is not getting all 365 of those points. It's true. But if he gets 70%, that's 255 points, that would have made him last year's RB6. Big season in, in inbound. And you may say to yourself, but Tom Brady retired. I know. I saw him on uh, YouTube with Mr. Beast throwing footballs at drones of all things. But that's cool because you know what? Baker Mayfield last year was the number one. The number one QB in terms of percentage of targets checked down to the running back. 11.6% of Baker Mayfield's checkdowns, um, excuse me, of his passing attempts last year were checkdowns to the running back. It's literally, literally Rashad White, uh, the artist formerly known as Keyshawn Vaughn, a guy that I really like in Sean Tucker, and then I b believe they brought in Chase Edmonds. Does anyone in that running back room make you feel like that that they're going to get in the way of a Rashad White breakout? And here's the thing. Tampa's going to be bad and playing from behind. Check down, check down, check down. Garbage points or points, gang? That helps you win. So for me, I, I think... Rashad White is a smash at 60th overall per Fantasy Pro. So if you're doing a startup or you're starting a startup, now is a great time during Dynasty Week to try to acquire Rashad White before me or Matt Kelly or Theo or someone from Player Profiler really blows his stock out of the water because he's only going to get more expensive as the drumbeat goes on. So, Dally, what do you think about Rashad White? And then uh, who's your second hit? Yeah, for me, 
I'm not a Rashad White guy, so we're going to butt heads a little bit on this one, um, which makes for good content. Uh, as everyone knows, you don't want to hear us, uh, you know, just mouthing over the same words for an hour. But uh, when it comes to Rashad White, yes, I I am not going to be the first person to ever tell you to overhype a player that won undrafted in Sean Tucker. I just know what I've seen with both Rashad White in a Tampa Bay uniform and what I've seen specifically with just the organizational structure, how it is kind of right now, what we're dealing with with Tampa Bay and how they run the ball. So they've split carries. They did it with Fournette. They did it with White. They did it basically all the way back to almost Doug Martin. They've been splitting the carries in Tampa Bay. And so it's one of those things where Rashad White, yeah, He could get a lion's share of the carries, but all he showed last year along with Leonard Fournette is an inability to be efficient with the touches that he is getting. And people talk about only yards per carry typically from a, (laughs) from an analytic metric side of things. But uh, the guys over at established the run actually have talked about this uh, Adam Leviton and Evan Silver, both about the efficiency that Rashad white showed last year being worse than Leonard Fournette's, which if you're calling fat Lenny, slow and can't break tackles and can't be productive. What are we calling Rashad White is all I have to say with him specifically ADP. I think it's right around that 20 range is right for him. Um, as long as for personal ranks, you don't have a big disparity between some of those middle tier guys and like an Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, JK Dobbins, just because of how much value you're still going to get from name cachet while they're producing this year, even if you need to move off of them or need to go for the titles, their production levels, I think I'm okay with having White at that ADP. I just wouldn't be creeping him up above 15. I'd feel kind of icky doing it. But that that's just where I'm at on him. Is, is that fair? No, I mean, it's 100%. 100% and I, I hope Sean Tucker does get a chance to show what he could do. He was a guy that when we were doing our – uh, rookie content. He was someone that I really liked. I wanted him to get healthy in time to do the combine. I wanted him to get healthy in time for the NFL draft. I really wanted him, but I feel like he's a guy that I, I feel like he's safe. You know, these fringe rookie cube, should be running backs like uh, a Sean Tucker. He's safe. They're not going to bring in a veteran in, in the Tampa Bay because they're quiet quitting. I mean, they're putting players on the field, but they're not trying to win games. They want a shot at Caleb Williams. They want a shot at Drake May or whoever the, the second or third QB is in this draft. So for me, yeah, I, I I like Sean Tucker, but he's a guy that if I think he can get, again, get 60 to 70% of those points, he's going to be an RB one. And I'm, I'm going to be real stoked. Dallas, who's your second guy? Who's your second ADP hit that you think is a steal and uh, you're going to take a little early in dynasty startups. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> this is actually in the chats being talked about right now. Um, it's a guy in Isaiah Pacheco for me in Kansas City. Um, we were hearing all offseason, both from kind of people kind of loosely connected with the team, as well as the fantasy space, just drumming it that Casey was going to draft another running back, that we were going to get competition for Isaiah Pacheco, that it was going to be different than last year. But we didn't get it. And right now, that guy in PPR scoring is going as running back 26 at 74 overall. Um He's with the likes of guys that are in true committee backfields where you're having arguments with how many touches can you rest assured that this player is going to get on a given week? Is he going to get double digits? So when you're in that range with a guy who's a starter who, yes, they brought back a guy in Jarek McKinnon who I love. Um, I'm from Kansas City, for those of you that don't know, and I watch a lot of Chiefs. But the fact that people are 
kind of looking for ways to hype him out of the job right now by trying to hype up Daenerys Prince, who, yes, was efficient in college, but didn't look very good and then also went undrafted. Uh, it just feels ugly, just kind of how the other one was. And this is a young player where, guess what, if he just does pretty much the same efficiency he had last year on roughly the same touches and stays healthy all year, you're going to be outperforming running back 26. I can tell you that. So it's just a very cheap running back. That's young. That's kind of hard to acquire in dynasty space this year. So, well, 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 how the table turns. I am, uh, I, I am off of Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I see why his ADP is a little bit lower. 13 of his 183 touches last year were receptions. That's 7% of his total workload came on receptions, and Patrick Mahomes checks the ball down on a percentage basis less than Lamar Jackson. To your point, they brought back Jarek McKinnon. The carcass of Clyde Edwards Hilaire is still there. To me, he feels like Elijah Mitchell from last year. You know, we had Elijah Mitchell last year. We were very excited. It was a great offense in in San Francisco, and he was going to come in. And you know what? He did good. Now, in fairness to Pacheco, he does not have the injury issues that Mitchell does. Yeah, or Christian but, McCaffrey in the backfield. <laughs> or, or, but, but but you know what? The, the, the summer's not over. Zeke's still out there. I wouldn't be too worried about Zeke. We mentioned Lombardi Lenny. I'll, I'll, I'll call him less fat now. So I, I didn't mention uh, you know, Lombardi Lenny. Kareem Hunt, I still think there's a world where they may do a Kareem Hunt reunion in – in Kansas, I know, you know, it was uh, left a sour taste in, in their mouth, but I wanted to like Pacheco until I realized that he's just not going to get a lot of PPR volume. So what is he? He's a between the tackles grinder that's not going to score a bunch un unless, you know, he just happens to have that LeGarrette Blunt falls in the end zone a bunch season. I don't see it. Seventh round draft capital. So while I wanted to, when I started doing the research for a bonus show I did on the Dynasty Warzone podcast channel that dropped last Friday, that I started doing the research, and I was like, holy shit, that's not much passing work. So I, so I would rather have a guy who catches more passes. That's kind of why I'm into Rashad White over Isaiah Pacheco. But is that fair? Is that a fair counterpoint? Yeah, fair counter, totally. But that's that's just my thing. I think uh, I, I get 100% what you're saying for why you're out on him. But being out on him based off of his current ADP where you can get him, I probably don't agree with. Just because when you get to running back 26, I don't need my running back 26 in my ranks to get me 18 rushing touchdowns. If he gets 9 to 10, cool. And that's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's probably going to happen that he gets around 8 to 9 touchdowns this year in the ground. I don't care about the passing work at that point just because it's a guy that I'm know I'm going to get 10 points a week from. And if I get that from a flex spot, which I would be drafting him as, you can't be that upset about it, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm I with you. I, I, I'm totally with you. I think you're hoping for Miles Sanders' season last year where he finishes as the RB10 and he gets, you know, he falls in the end zone 10 times. Well, hey, speaking of good offenses and, and falls in the end zone uh, a bunch, and I think he's going to have a great year is Joe Mixon. 71st overall per... Fantasy Pros, ADP, he's their RB23 off the board in a 1QB player profiler, a very similar RB24 off the board. Um, but here's my thing. Joe Mixon's only 26 years old. He'll be turning 27 
as the season gets going. And I know he's got his off-the-field issues. I know I'm buying a guy that could get suspended next year, although we're still waiting for Alvin Kamara, who literally, for lack of a better term, swarmed a guy with his boys and you know beat the crap out of a guy, and he's still not suspended. And Joe Mixon has just alleged, again, it's alleged, has done something. So that's why I was buying him last year. Um, a, if you know anything about the Cincinnati Bengals and their ownership group, they are notoriously cheap. They would squeeze an orange to get every last bit of juice out of it. And they're not going to cut Joe Mixon knowing they have paid him guaranteed money on, on the back end. So I love Joe Mixon this year. Samaj P. Ryan's in Denver uh, as the, the RB23. So he will be essentially your RB2 in a startup. And I think even if he hits the free agent market next year, I think there'll be a little bit of a market for him. Dallas, real quick, so what are your thoughts on on Joe Mixon? And give us, that again, that 90-second elevator speech on uh, what the 2024 running back class looks like. Because I will say this, the free agent running back class is going to be huge. So a big tidal wave, a big tsunami of ADP fluctuation coming. So if I can get a guy who has like top three overall at the running back position, I believe that's how good Mixon can be this year. How do you feel about Mixon? And then what's the 24 rookie class look coming up look like? Yeah, um, Mixon is a good bet for this year. Um, you can only hope that he can keep at bay basically the RB2 this year and maybe get a higher rushing total workload. He did only play in 14 games last year. So yes, I know his end of season stats may not look super good. Um, he was decently efficient on the ground and he ended up seeing 75 targets last year, which was pretty nuts. Um, the offense is pretty much going to be status quo from what we saw last year. There's no big changes that really happened other than hopefully improving the offensive line, which we've been hoping for for four years, basically, for Joe Burrow. Uh, but you look at Mixon, all the dominoes are still perfect for him to just slide right in there, do the top 12 season that we need him to be, and keep the value. He is on the younger side of that RB class that he came out with, which is nice. But I, I will say, when you're looking at the 2024 class, it could be very, very nice next year. Um, there are some physical freaks coming in this upcoming class when it comes to the size of backs. There's two guys that are roughly in that A.J. Dillon size that might be a little bit more athletic even than A.J. Dillon was coming out. Um, so it, it's pretty interesting. Plus, you have guys that people were just through the roof on like Blake Corum, who's coming back from an injury, who's going to be now in this upcoming 24 class. So there's a lot of name hype going on. A lot of guys that should have really good seasons. And you're hoping kind of for the resurgence, a healthy resurgence of a lot of people's top back from a skill standpoint in Trevion Henderson out of Ohio state. Um, he's just dealt with the injury bug incessantly over the last two years. And it's really hampered his long-term outlook. But um, I mean, for me, I'm extremely excited to see what Trey Benson does down at Florida state next year. Um, you have Donovan Edwards finally getting kind of what you hope is a 50, 50 split with a guy like Blake Corum. And then some of the, uh, the guys lower down the list, like a Devin Neal who might be a sleeper in this upcoming class. So it, it is looking pretty good. I don't know if I would be moving a mid to early first for Mixon based off of what I'm seeing, but it is young. And if I'm looking to contend, it makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, I, I love Joe Mixon, but you're drunker than a hoot owl if you're out there moving any kind of a first for Joe Mixon. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to, I, but I will say this is really about ADP with draft position in a startup. And I'm looking at Joe Mixon at 23 at Fantasy Pros, 24 at Player Profiler. And I would much rather invest in Joe Mixon knowing that I might get one year. I might get one year, but if I'm in a win now build, if I'm trying to win the money in year one, I'd rather take Joe Mixon at 24 than I would Ramondre Stevenson at 14 or Javante Williams at 16 or Damian Pierce at 18. There is a list of about 10. And I did this with a pod father two weeks ago on mind Mansion. I listed literally, literally, I literally about 10 running backs that are all going to be free agents. Plus the rookie class Dallas is talking about. If you're investing heavily and doing major builds around the running back position, you're going to have headaches as soon as next year. But even though it's not an, an official commercial break, I do want to throw out a quick word for the guys at Trophy Smack. Trophy Smack makes the coolest, best trophies in the fantasy and dynasty space. So if you're doing a dynasty startup or you're an existing dynasty gamer, man, do me a solid. Maybe your league doesn't have a trophy. Go over to trophysmack.com forward slash underworld and check it out. If you use anything at the promo, at the, the promo, the like the checkout box, if your subtotal is a hundred bucks, not $99.99, but a hundred bucks, and you use promo code underworld, you can get a stunner ring or a bling ring with your purchase over a hundred dollars. That's before tax, that's before shipping. It's the subtotal, a hundred bucks. They have draft kits, they've got trophies. They got these new things called wall smacks. You can, you know, like me, I should probably convert a picture of my son playing baseball and, and maybe re- replace Bo Jackson one day. But just go over to trophysmack.com forward slash underworld. The slash underworld is important because it told them we sent you. Even if you don't buy anything, maybe you're just looking, helps us out tremendously. So Dallas, we've we've had the fun part. We've done the the easy part. We've We've done the hits. Where are the 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 consensus? And we're using quote consensus and quotation marks, you know, the same way we use the world famous in quotations draft kit in quotation marks. Who who is your first miss? Like you see the ADP and you're like, there's no way in hell I'm drafting this player there. Yeah, this one's pretty easy. Um, this is the part of the show where, as the rookie guy, I tell everyone for the next two times we talk about players to just maybe calm down on the rookie hype a little bit. Uh, it's a guy that I wasn't super sold on during the draft process, didn't like his landing spot, really just based off of what we were seeing, and definitely didn't like his actual NFL ADP, and that's Jameer Gibbs. Um, Gibbs currently right now is in that mix of an ADP of a guy like a Kenneth Walker, who we saw in the NFL absolutely destroyed a much larger size, a much more athletic back. Um, He's in that realm of a guy that you love, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, who's the Jinx perennially a top 12 running back in this class. And so when I'm looking at a guy like Jameer Gibbs, it just kind of comes to his minimum weekly touch potential is what I'm looking at when I'm looking at Gibbs. So you're seeing, Monty brought in on a three-year contract, which isn't gangbuster money or anything like that, but just the fact of they just paid a running back to be the in-between runners, so you basically have to rely exclusively on the passing work, which during the early part of the season, he may see a large portion of, but eventually, Jameson Williams is either coming back or if he doesn't come back, his entire dynasty roster ship is going down the tubes, but that's the story for a different day. Uh, So when you're looking at just the target upside, it's capped after week six with Williams return. Um, 
and the fact that in ADP right now, he's ahead of the likes of Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins even, and Ramondre Stevenson, who's a dynasty heart child to a lot of people, is pretty wild to me, um, especially when he, he didn't come in with the same kind of pedigree and lull that Bijan Robinson had. He was the 1B in the class, definitely. And the fact that he's going into a very sustainable running back group that likes to split touches and doesn't really give a ceiling workload to any guy under Dan Campbell, it's just a lot for me to chew on that he's a top 15 running back. It's kind of the exact situation that was happening last year with James Cook, specifically going to a Buffalo team just because Josh Allen was there. And James Cook now, for some reason, is ranked behind Gibbs, even though I like this is, again, coming from a James Cook hater. Cook has a better outlook most likely this year than a guy like Jameer Gibbs does. So that's just me. Well, so for for me, first of all, I don't always get the show sheet back before we hit the go live button. Now, in fairness, so some of you may be reading the show the the YouTube show title that says with John Sheps. John had a family emergency, Dallas being my buddy, being my pal, and, and doing good stuff for us over the Dynasty War Zone. He jumped on at the last minute, but I should have maybe have proofread his show sheet because he said the name Jameer Gibbs as being overdrafted. And here's what I got. Emotional damage. You've damaged me, Dallas. I, I think Jameer Gibbs is a smash for Dynasty. I absolutely love Gibbs, and uh, I, I I I see the outlook in twenty three, but I really like Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. I think that we might be jaded a little bit by the usage pattern of DeAndre Swift. My thought on this is, I think that was more of a DeAndre Swift issue than a Jameer Gibbs issue. You know, in, in Detroit, they've, they've got weapons. I mean, Amon Ra, the sun god, he is awesome. Uh, I liked him from the get-go. I didn't like him enough that I can, like, put him as, like, one of my my guys. But I really liked Amon Ra. Uh, I, I like Sam Laporta. But you mentioned Jamison Williams. And, and then what, Marvin Jones, um, Josh Reynolds. I think Josh Reynolds may have been one of the guys suspended in the ga- in the gambling thing. So I love you. I appreciate you jumping on to bail me out and not making this a solo show. But here's all I'm going to say on Jameer Gibbs. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cream will rise to the top. I think Jameer Gibbs is good. But can, can I give you one? Can, yeah. I, can, I, can I give you one? And, and I really want hey, your I'm- thoughts. Because, again, we've been using fantasy pros, and we, we appreciate them being free. But my 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 first guy, but but their rankings, it's a lot like the missionary position. I'll, I'll be real honest with you. It gets the job done, but it's not what I'm here for. You know, I'm 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 not here for this. And, and I, I, they lost me when they had Kyle Pitts as as high as they they had Kyle Pitts. They had Kyle Pitts as the 17th player overall. This is not in tight end premium. 17th overall. He is their tight end one. Now, player profiler has him a much more realistic 49 overall and the tight end three overall. Now, now I, I know this is a family program, and but I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say because this is what I thought. So I pulled this up and I'm 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 reading through. I'm reading through these, and this one jumped off the page like in this stark reality. And I said to myself, what in the French fried titty fuck are we doing here? How the hell can you have Kyle Pitts at 17 overall? That is a disservice. 
I mean, he's not done anything. He's not added anything that would make his value go up. It just feels like this is the one thing that bummed me out, that that putting him at the tight end one, it felt like obligation than out of obviousness that he's the tight end one. You know, if, if you'd have put Mark Andrews at number one over Kelsey, I'm fine with that. You know, if 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 you'd have put Kelsey number one, I'm fine with that. But putting him, him being Kyle Pitts, at tight end one overall, to me, is a disservice to people who play this game. This one right here really felt like blasphemy. For me, he's my tight end five in a startup. I mean, again, Arthur Smith, the slow pace of the offense, the slow pace of the conference, the, the just nothing about this screams dynasty or fantasy goodness. And they clearly want to run the ball. So Dallas, I lost my mind. I got emotional damage from you adding Gibbs. How do you feel about me adding Kyle Pitts? And what are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's just, it's going to be a hotly uh, tumultuous and contested statement in the dynasty space. Because if you have Kyle Pitts, you have to be on him. You have to do it for your own psyche and for how much you paid for him, most likely. I know me and you are both in the boat of cut your losses when you see that they're losses. Uh, but that's not really what a lot of people do. And I get that. I would still just say to you that if people are anti Desmond Ritter or anti Marcus Mariota from last year, then you also have to hope that the dying body of Matt Ryan showing you a thousand yard season means that even an average quarterback realistically should give you a pretty good season from Kyle Pitts. I will also say that technically from a receptions and receiving uh, touchdown standpoint in, I believe it is six less games over the first two years. Uh, Kyle Pitts has more receptions and receiving yards than TJ Hawkinson had in his first two years with Detroit. So I, I would just say we know tight ends take a little bit. If you want to get out now, you can, cause you're probably going to get okay value, but it's a very volatile asset that has for stock layman's turns, the ability to fluctuate quite a bit in peaks and valleys in the next couple of months. So you got some cojones if you hold on and cojones if you let go, that would be what I say. Let let me hit you with a, with a financial term that I covered a while back on the game plan. When I was a guest with Matty Kiwoom, his show lands on Saturdays. It's the greater fool theory. That means you can buy anything. It's a, it's a finance term for a stock or a property or any kind of investment. And the greater fool theory states that you can buy any item, a foot fantasy football player in Dynasty or a piece of property, as long as you think a greater fool will come along and pay what you paid for it or more. If I have Kyle Pitts on any of my rosters, I'm looking for the greater fool. If you can get someone who's really, really, really convinced that that Kyle Pitts is the tight end one, cool, give me Mark Andrews and any plus that I can get because I would rather have Mark Andrews. I would rather have TJ Hawkinson. I'm a little concerned about what the target mix looks like now that they've added Jordan Addison, but I'm not that worried. You know why? Kirk Cousins threw the ball 650 times last year. Those can't all go to Justin Jefferson. I know it's, it sounds odd to say that, but it's true. Some of that 650 will go to TJ Hawkinson. So I'm not a Kyle Pitts guy. I think that was way too high. And uh, so so th- that's my guy, Kyle Pitts. But I have one more for you, and I know you do too, Dallas. Who's your other guy that you think his ADP is a miss? 
Yeah, I mean, this is a guy right around that same range as a Christian Watson that was actually brought up a couple times in comparison in the chat. So it's funny, they were uh, kind of some ESP read my mind a little bit. And that's the big wide receiver that I had him just nudging out from uh, this year's class in Quentin Johnston. And it's due to the fact of target volume most likely not being there. And just from a talent standpoint, I get the whole age argument. You get in on wide receivers young when you can, but from a functionality standpoint of winning games at some point in your dynasty leagues over the next two years, specifically give me Chris Godwin every day of the week. Give me Deontay Johnson every day of the week. Give me for this year, Marquise Brown for this year, probably Iuke. Uh, you look for all of the George Pickens stands out there from last year that think that he's going to take a step up with Kenny Pickett. You have that outlook. You have Traylon Burks, who's looking at probably 120 targets easily this year, as long as Nuke doesn't sign again, knock on wood. And the aforementioned Jordan Addison, um, just all of those guys immediately following him in ADP just doesn't really make sense. Um, when you're looking just specifically at the Addison situation, in both ADP and positional ranks being behind him in this class right now, it, it doesn't really make sense from an ADP standpoint, at least for me. And the fact that he's ahead of, in obviously the dynasty ranks, but by quite a considerable amount ahead of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in the ranks, that, that one doesn't make sense to me either. So I, I'm just concerned. <laughs> well, I was, I was never a, a Quentin Johnston guy. Um, I look at the tape and I, I know he's a big athlete, I love that the Podfather calls him uh, less fast, Brashad Perriman. I think I think that's funny, but I, I don't I don't get the love for him. Like I, I'm I'm not necessarily taking the, just like the I guess the the back of the baseball card stats for Quentin Johnston, you know, with the forty and the burst. I, I get that, but I watch a guy on tape that should have dominated, that should have dominated in the Big Twelve. With a quarterback, and I know Max Dugan. Is it Dugan or Duggan? I I thought it was Duggan personally, I, I, but I've heard I, it. I mean, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I don't know, but but I mean, Duggan was at least serviceable. Okay, was at least serviceable, and got him to the natty, and he had less productive numbers, like on the back of the, again the back of the, the the sports card. He had less production in the Big Twelve than Marvin Mims who lost Spencer Rattler, who lost Caleb Williams, who had arguably the worst quarterback of his career there in Oklahoma, and he still managed to produce as a much smaller man. I just have never gotten Quentin Johnston. I'm looking at Fantasy Pros ADP. You know, he's going ahead of Jamison Williams. I don't necessarily hate that. I do not like Kenny Pickett, but I would rather have not Kenny. I do like Kenny Pickett. I don't like George Pickens, the, 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 the two picks. I don't like George Pickett. Do like Kenny Pickens. He's kind of a, a low-key giving me Daniel Jones vibes. But I would rather have Pickens battling for targets with Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson than I would Quentin Johnston fighting for targets with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I agree, man. I, I think that's too high. Um, how close is Zay Flowers for him? Did the, the Baltimore landing spot just nuke Flowers for you? Yeah, I mean, I would have liked it a lot more, most likely, if they hadn't brought in OBJ as well. Um, I, I Now, I know the injury bug 
loves that man specifically with soft tissue issues, but he's going to get a large amount of the targets. You would hope that Rashad Bateman can stay healthy. That's another question mark. So yeah, if the room clears out, like it has a tendency to do over the last three years and you're left with nothing but a Zay Flowers, you can feel pretty optimistic, but I like from a skill set standpoint and a talent standpoint, those two guys quite a bit more than Zay Flowers. And again, guys can't stress this enough. I'm the rookie guy. So <laughs> this is like all I do all the time. Uh, I just try not to get blinders and uh, take lock on some of these guys in the situation you do have to pay attention to. Um, you're not looking at an AJ Brown situation where the guy is six two, was amazing in college and is playing bully ball and is looking at a hundred targets his first year. So it, it's just going to be interesting, especially when you look at the passing volume outside of Mark Andrews. I feel like that's the conversation we have every single year. Um, I, I just can't be super high on Zay year one until this room clears out even more. So. No, I, I agree. And I, I like flowers. I think flowers is going to be a guy I'm looking to purchase a bunch of as soon as week seven, week eight. I think people will be like, yeah, this is not going to be a very good offense. You know, Odell Beckham's going to be there. Bateman will be back. Andrews will be involved. And I think as rookies tend to do, they tend to get off to a slower start. And he's a guy that I'll be looking to add because we know Odell Beckham won't be there next year. The big Lamar extension kicks in. Andrew's still making good money. Um, They're always going to invest in the defensive side of the ball. So I like Flowers quite a bit. I do not like Quentin Johnston hardly at all. Well, I am going to get Dallas out of here, but I I do want to take care of just a little bit of stuff here at the end. First of all, I want to thank all the guys in in the group chat commie john pj kennedy senior football um harry snowman and jen and then our producer kevin in there keeping everybody in there as well now pj asked earlier where do we get this link to dally's merch it's real simple go to his twitter at salad galore the link to his merch is pinned right there in his twitter bio so you just go right there two taps you tap you tap twitter you find Dally, you tap the link, it'll it'll take you right to it. So Dally, man, I really, I just call you Dallas. I didn't know Dally was like a nickname. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, yeah, Dallas is my name. It's just Dally is uh, what typically family calls me or very close friends. So that's why you got it in there. And yeah, if you literally just go to Google Bing, your local uh, favorite uh, search bar and type in Dally's merch, you'll find it pretty much as the top link because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one out there that used the term Dally and this you know country so (laughs) well dally is a good guy and please follow him at salad galore and i always i always bring this up to two youtube channels two podcast channels of course we're streaming live on player profiler that's been our our new home for the dynasty war zone what we call the mothership the main show as well as the podcast but we have our own youtube channel where guys like dallas we have our buddies uh, Chad, Jesse, and Mike, they do a show called the Dynasty War Games. We're going to have some redraft content. So two channels. And if you want to get more of Dallas, he's a super sharp guy. He typically, a little busy with work right now, he typically drops a show on Mondays called the Rookie Rundown. Um, right now he's talking about rookie ADP, landing spots, concerns, things like that. That's in the feed, uh, and he'll have some stuff coming up. Speaking of stuff coming up, I'll get you out of here. Kiss the ring. So tomorrow night, we're going to do the redo, the mulligan with John McGlynn from the Commission Evaluation Podcast. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to have John Sheps. John Sheps is going to come on. He does a league called the Frankenstein League. It's a big multi-tiered 
I was in it last year. You can get like cards. You can steal players. It's pretty cool. So if you're looking for something to spice up your your fantasy league with uh, some commissioning uh, tips, please be sure to check out the Kiss the Ring podcast and the Dynasty War Zone everywhere we go. Well, listen, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go to a little overtime behind the scenes with Dally. We're going to get some rookie ADP questions answered. But again, thank you to everyone in the chat. Thank you so much for the support. And we'll be back here next week. It will be Jerry. Jerry's back from vacation. And we'll be jumping into some more Dynasty goodness. Again, Dynasty Week is this week, starting the 13th, Flag Plant Week. You're going to hear more from me. You're going to hear more from everybody. Billy Muzio, Theo, the Podfather, Matty Kiwoom. Everybody's going to have a Flag Plant guy. You don't want to miss it. Player Profiler YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Dallas, we have some overtime. Let's go get it. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak